Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. Slade, we see you, buddy. But everybody, welcome back to the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Wow, it feels like back. it's been yeah. We got the gang back, back together. Oh my gosh! So, you, as you guys see, man, we're coming back fresh for the new outlook of the the new football year. The scheme has changed a little bit. It might be a little busy right now, but if you look to your left, you got the episode and the topics to your left. In the middle, we're going to show the graphic. On the right side, you guys see yourself in the chat. And, of course, episode 30 is presented by today's sponsor, our forever sponsor, Flow Posters. Go to flowposters.com. Hear more about that later. Halfway through the show, we'll get to that. But uh, this is everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante, here with my man to the left over over there, (laughs) Don, the stats guru. That's it, man. Yep. Yep, knowledge is power. And yeah. we got almost soon is coming. Oh, it's time. To my right. It is time for it's, Rob to, to show it, up. It's draft and, uh, season, baby. It's it's draft season. He is here. F's coming up in the next week. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so next Tuesday, um, we got a special show coming for you guys as well. Um, we're gonna be doing a live draft show. Can't wait. Yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be ten of us, five from the from the East Coast Gridiron, five from the Wire to Wire. It's gonna be, you know, AFC NFC type of type of battle going on. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, man. I hope we kick their butts. But we got the the fantasy football god on our side, so that's you right. Know. Hey, no draft. We're all in it to win it. So I don't know how, how many tips I'm gonna be able to pass along to you guys. Yeah, not that you need it. Yeah, and that you know, to go ahead and plug, you know, we got a couple shows coming up. So actually, if you were actually watched this week, we put out two new videos, actually three new videos. I think I'm going to rebrand my thing and just call it the handoff as my segment now. I think that's probably the best way to go. Rob, on the other hand, did a video. Yep. And it's going to yeah. be called Fantasy Futures throughout the season. Your right. future outlook to the next week. That's, that's right. right. So go and check that out. There's some players that he's saying to watch out for this week. Yep. Um, yeah, the, as far this, as, you know, a lot of drafts are starting. Yeah, dra- draft prep, exactly. Who to look out for this uh, upcoming preseason week before your draft. Yep. Absolutely. And then Don's got his show. Go ahead, tell him about it, Don. What's it called? It's what called you doing The Watch there? List, man. And basically, I'm just breaking down games to watch for the week, why to watch them. This uh, episode that we recorded was placement of quarterbacks for the regular season. Yep. And, of course, we'll start doing uh, – we'll call my show The Handoff, and we'll be talking about quarterback play, some quarterbacks that you need to look out for. Me breaking down some quarterbacks, either if you like my thoughts or not. I know some people think I'm wild, but we'll we'll see what happens <laughs> this year. We'll, we'll, we'll see yep, what happens yep. and see if my dreams come true. Um but just disclaimer, I will admit when I'm wrong. And we'll actually talk about that here a little later when we start getting into the topics here. So not to start off on a sad note, we didn't I know you guys got to it before. We got to it a little bit when we found out yeah. about yeah. his diagnosis. But uh we gotta get over to, to Coach Bobby Bowden here, man. Look at that from November eighth of two 
almost said 2029, <laughs> 1929 to 2021, man. The dude lived a long life. Um, had a lot of success. Had a bunch of kids that had a lot of success. Three three children yeah. he got to either coach with or coach against. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't have scripted a better life for a guy. And if you guys watch his funeral, um, and all the players talking about their journeys and everything like yeah. that up to him making the man that they are. And I got a couple of cool stories that I heard from that, but let me go ahead and hand it off to, uh, you know, to Don first, Don's been around a little bit longer than me and Rob have. <laughs> uh, so he's, he's seen the greatness a, a little, little a, a little more than what what i wish i could have seen so i know don you got some cool stats and things yeah. on on bobby bowden real quick and i'll let you get your thoughts sounds great man i'm just going over some of the highlights a 44 year coaching career that that's amazing to be in one profession like that for that long 377 career wins second most in fbs history two-time national champion with florida state 32 bowl appearances with 21 bowl victories, second among all coaches. And, of course, inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2006. When you think Florida State, you think Bobby Bowden. He will definitely be missed. Absolutely. Josh, in the comments, I know you were closer to the school than I was. I'm yep. pretty envious of you. But with all that being said, if – I'm sure they're going to dedicate something to Bobby Bowden at one of these games. For um, sure. Hopefully you get a chance to make it out. I'm going to try to make it out to that game, whatever they announce that, or how they're, however they're going to do their, their special yeah. commencement. I'll try to get out yeah. to Tallahassee. And, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a team full of people outside the stadium for oh, the yeah. first home game. You know, yeah. they, they, that they, they, there's going to be, you know, boring because of who Bobby Bowden was. You know, he it, over all the decades he was there, the thousands of lives that he taught, you know, players, but the staff, you know, the, you know, the medical students, you know, all those trainers, everybody that was around affected so many people in such a positive way. Um, yeah, I, I just can't help but think it. he's just another member, another name, another legend of a bygone era of college football. You know, right. yep. you, you think of Bobby, you think about, the teams that he coached in the era in which he coached where every single game mattered, every bowl game deal, just getting to your bowl game and winning your bowl game, no matter what it was. Like if you won a national championship at the end of the year, that was like a huge deal, but like every game mattered to these kids and to him. And yep. you know, it, it's just an era of college football that's starting to slip away from us. And I feel like he's kind of symbolic of that. Um, you know, just kind of my, my thoughts and feelings at, at, hearing this news you know yep yeah and very true i'm probably out of everybody up on the panel today it probably hit me the hardest just being a florida mm -hmm. state fan sure um i remember i didn't even find out firsthand my wife was the first one to text me and say hey are you all right i'm like i didn't know bobby but oh, you know yeah. just the impact yeah. that that happened on the teams um it kind of hit me in the gut even though we knew it was coming it kind of hit me in the gut like when um I know you can't really compare the two, but like when Andrew Luck retired, I was just like, I was 
I mean, I, I remember me and Don were working at the time when that yeah. happened. I was just like, man, this is just so weird. Like, the dudes around my age was a phenom, you know. Yeah. And it's just one of those unexpected things that, you know, that unfortunately life carries over. But, you know, it doesn't make it as tragic that, you know, this happened the way that it did because of, you know, of course, his age. You know, he was way yeah. past it. We, we, what we call the century mark, you know, the, you know, the 70, 75 is, you know, really the human life expectancy at this point. So, you know, all in all, dudes yeah. lived a great life, you know, put a bunch of miles yeah. on and, and, and to, on, to, and to that fun. point, he, to that point, he did get to enjoy his retirement too. You know, he oh, was yeah. away from the game for a number of years enough that, you know, you see some of these guys that get up in his age bracket Oh, and yeah. they and and they coach and then you know they're they're only away from the game you know a few months a year you know and and life slips away from them and he did i feel you know like that's another one of those chapters to have that extra chapter on his life that was you know life after football to enjoy his family and his time yeah so I do got a couple things, a couple stories before we move on to the next topic, just to make sure, sure. that we close this show up, you know, close this segment out the way that yeah. we're supposed to. Of course, Bobby Bowden coached from 1976 to 2009. And what was very interesting about that is as his first year in coaching at Florida State as the head coach, that was the only time in his full tenure that they had a losing season. They went five and six that year. Every year after that, Man, he put on – he didn't have a losing season for 34 years. <laughs> um, or 33 years, technically. Right. Uh, from 1987 <laughs> to 2000, the Noles finished in the top five of the AP polls mm -hmm. straight through. And that is also carried over to, um, you know, those 10 win seasons from 1987 to 2000. Nobody's ever done it. Nick Saban can be that guy this year. But he was the one that set set the tone for that. Um, and when you talk about awesome coaches, he coached three Walter Payton men in the years. Mm -hmm. You're talking about Derek Brooks, Warwick Dunn, and Anquan Bolden. No other coach has done that right now um, to coach three incredible human beings. Um uh, and you know when you have to be an incredible human being on and off the field to win that win that award every year. So he's coached three of them, um, and well, like Warren Dunn said, he has a direct impact on that too. It's much, it's as much as the work done, Derek Brooks and Quan Bolden award, as much as it, them giving praise to to Bobby yep. Bowden for making them the men that they are. Also, sure. like we were talking about with his family, Tommy Bowden. And Terry Bowden. Um, Tommy Bowden was a coach for Tulane and Clemson. When he was at Tulane, he had an undefeated season as a head coach. His son Terry Bowden coached at Auburn, not as a head coach, but just as an assistant coach. They had an undefeated season while he was there as well. And uh, his other son, I forget his other son's name, um, he coached at Florida State with him for a little bit uh, mm -hmm. as well. So that whole family is just full of talent, full of great coaches. Um Tommy Bowden was with Clemson for a while <laughs> um, up until I think him and actual um, Dabo Sweeney's coach together, if I'm not mistaken. So 
but as you see, all the all the great coaches are coming out and saying how much of an impact he is uh, to the game, and we're going to feel his effect for a very long time. It kind of puts a lot of coaches on on their toes to, you know, what what do you want to be remembered after your coaching career is done? This is really going to set a precedent for that, um, and a lot of people are going to be like, hey. Hope Nick Saban was an incredible human being like Bobby Bowden was, or he's just going to be known as a great football coach, and that's it. Yep. Um, so that tells you that life's way bigger than football at the end of the day. Rest in peace, Coach Bowden. Yep. And uh, yep. we will actually move on to something new that we wanted to do for this show. Um, is a little trivia segment just to close out our NCAA uh, <laughs> portion of the show. So, Don. Go ahead and ask him the question. All right, guys. <laughs> Hope you're paying attention here. What school has never been beaten by Arizona, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Colorado, West Virginia, and UNC? Yep, and there's some other schools in that list. Oh, yeah, there's They've... more, but we, we got some of the good ones here. They never – have been beaten by these teams, but they have a win against these teams. Correct. I didn't right. throw that in there, but Correct. yes. So by the answer, exactly. So yep. if you, you have a guess, if you think you've configured this out, post it up in the chat. We will definitely recognize you if you know yeah. this answer. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. That's a tough one. <laughs> I actually I actually might throw in like a uh, a poster from a float or something if you guys get it right. I'd be very Yeah, if you get if you get it right before the end of the show when we give you the answer. <laughs> it gets yeah, you like a t-shirt luck. or something, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you definitely deserve it. But we'll throw it back up when we go over our uh sponsor segment and our merch segment. We'll reveal the answer there. If you have not, share out the stream, like the stream. Let's get some more people in here and um we will move on to our second topic of this week, which All is right. reviewing the first week of the preseason. Man, I'm yeah. so glad football is back. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, if you're a real football fan, you get excited about the preseason as well. Absolutely. I know I did a video and kind of said that I don't think people are real football fans that they don't pay attention to the preseason. But I think it's true. A lot of great players have come out of the preseason. Dak Prescott and Russell uh, Russell Wilson, just to name a few. So um, just to kind of kick off our segment this week, I'm going to go ahead and go first since I've been Ooh. absent for the last three weeks. I'm so sorry, guys. All right. So first up on the docket, this might surprise you as one of my takeaways. But Zach Wilson, I got to give him some credit, man. Hey, man. Got to give him some credit. You know, he didn't play amazing, but he did what he was supposed to do. And his first start as a New York Jet, even though it's the preseason, right? Mm. He went for six for nine, 63 yards, nothing special, 86.8 uh, QBR. He looked poised, man. He took command of the offense. And, you know, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong about these quarterbacks. <laughs> I want this to be compared to – and this is the quarterback class, so I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah. He, and he, I go down in history with some of those other draft classes, you know, yeah, like the, I, the, the Elway Marino class, you know, like – who, who's going to be? Yeah, I want this to be a, one of the great classes that we talk about for years to come. So with that being said, 
I will admit when I'm wrong, and I want to be wrong. Y'all acting like I don't. <laughs> I just see holes in their game, but who knows if they're going to adjust those things. Because leading up to this, man, he had some teammates talking about him to the media. He had some reports coming out that saying, like, you know, every three or four throws out of, like, seven, four of them are interceptions in practice, forcing a lot of balls, you know. But Adam Sala must have got him uh, – Got him going, man, and I got to give credit to Elijah Moore, too. Elijah Moore's looked pretty good in practice as well. Um, so if they can get that whole team together, I know C.J. Mosley came out and said that stop hating on the Jets. We're, we're taking ourselves seriously this year. People are not giving us enough credit. I think I think they're – from all the good news that are coming out of Jets camp, man, I don't think they're not going to be playing any games. Maybe I might have uh, – yeah. Rated him a little bit too low. But I like the confidence that's coming out. I hope they got the juice. Give Zach Wilson his credit. To command it offense, stay poised. Uh, I like it. Gonna right into a fourth place finish in the division in the division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my third choice might surprise you, but I'm keeping the trend on the quarterbacks right now. I uh, gotta head over to the Colts quarterbacks, man. It's a real good look. What a mess for the Colts. It, it's a, it's a it's a beautiful miss. I mean, yeah. f- Frank Wright's got two quarterbacks that are taking the preseason series. They're going out there, they're sacrificing their bodies, and they both look good, regardless of the one interception that Sam Ellinger threw. I mean, both of them together threw over three hundred yards, one hundred and fifty yards apiece plus. Um, and, and and Sam Mel just got defeated, man. No. <laughs> he averaged like three point yards a carry or something yeah. like that, but he still had eight carries for thirty yards. So he's showing that he, you know, he's got some athletic ability there as well. But hey, if they keep up with it these next two games, Carson I mean, I know that we got some people that listen to us that are some Carson Wentz fans. Again, I think the dude is talented, but this doesn't help your psyche when you got such a complicated situation again, again. that you're leading into. Hey, Dante. Too hungry. Dante, one of the Indianapolis beat writers had something out today where they are begging the Colts to yep. bench Carson Wentz. The, the, the media is already turning on Carson in Indy. <laughs> it's crazy. They're, they're already calling for him to get benched. Oh, man. Well, my man Randy, we'll we'll get to your comment here in a second. But Jacob Eason looked good, man. Um, I I don't know why we're not talking about his performance more than, you know, the the rookies, all the other rookies. Well, he's technically, if you want to do baseball terms, this would be his rookie season. But um, Jacob Eason looked really good, man. And I, I stick with what I said. Jacob Eason can take this man's job. Y'all think I'm joking? <laughs> I mean, he he was there with Justin Fields at Georgia, transferred yep. out to Washington, wasn't guaranteed to start in position there, Took, wanted out. Yep. Don was following his whole career when he was yep. at Washington. And yep. um, then he gets to the Colts under two great quarterbacks, under Phillip Rivers as a veteran and under probably the best quarterback teammate that you want to have in Jacoby Brissett learning from those two yep. as a third stringer. It, there's too much positivity coming out of that camp. And I I said in my video this week that I they might have the deepest quarterback room if they as far as talent. 
Yep. And that's that's that. counting Carson Wentz too. Yeah. Carson Wentz is a talented quarterback. So uh let's just head over to the comments real, real quick. Slade said I I'll guess it, it's UCF, but that's all I can think of. Uh, I'm not sure what you're referring to. There. Hey, he's talking to the trivia. It's not a oh, bad you, guess. Oh, UCF for the trivia? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Sam Ellinger going to take it's Carson's not right, job. But, but it's not a bad guess. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not a it's not a bad guess at all. But Trevor, look, man, come on, Dante, stop hating. <laughs> I'm, I'm not try- I'm not hating, bro. I, I just I, I it just looked bad for me, Randy. How are you gonna laugh, react to your own comments? Come on, man. <laughs> oh, commenters but, calling out the commenters. Come on, guys. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, man. Um. All right. So let's go to my my third pick. Now this one might surprise you, but I had to watch the tape again. I watched I watched the game a little late. Okay. Um. But. It's a teammate of Jordan Love, but on the defensive side. Okay. Jordan Love had an amazing game, too. But Eric Stokes. Mm-hmm. Eric Stokes really surprised me. We thought he was going to come in and be the man-to-man guy because of his speed. Nah, man. He was shutting people down. and nah, I don't want to say shut down, but he, he was holding his own his own coverage. And matching up against these mismatches the the whole game, and he made himself a big threat for the offense. If he can keep up his good play, I'm not worried about his man to man coverage. He can, he's got the speed to keep up with a lot of people. Yep. But just think about it. Kevin King couldn't do this. Him and Jair Alexander might be if he lives up to his potential, they might be the best quarter cornerback tandem. If he can uh, keep this going, I was very impressed. Go watch the tape on it if you can. Um, it was, you know, he did his job, and that's really what you want to ask for your players. Like, you don't have to be flashy, make a play here and there, but do your job that's written on the playbook. And he did that, and I was I was super impressed, man. Um, all right, Don, we got I'm you up. up. Next. Okay, sounds good. Uh, first off, I believe you have it reverse order what I had. So throw up a name and then I'll talk about it. (laughs) Yep. Chuba Hubbard. That's what I thought. Um, guy had a lot to prove coming out of college. I mean, he was a workhorse. He had an amazing year and Slade's crying happy tears right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, granted he, he didn't play a lot. Seven carries, 80 yards with an 11.4 average. I think this is just the beginning of some good things for this young man. Uh, obviously, he's not going to get the bulk of the carries. I mean, cool. he's got a teammate that's probably going to get 50 carries a game. So, you know, there's got to be a few for this guy. But uh, I think he's he wants to be used. He's a workhorse, like I said. You can use him. Yeah. I hope to see a little bit more of him this week. I think Great, CMC but... hopes to see more of him too <laughs> throughout the season. Give yeah. him a little bit. Of... Yeah. And that's up to Matt rule. If he doesn't want to use CMC 70% of the time, I but know. Exactly. I think the fans are going to be mad as hell if they don't. And then the fans are going to make hey. him into a retiring like Barry Sanders in the next two years. But yeah, I love the pickup that the Panthers did in the draft to, to get him. Yep. He is very underrated. 
we watched him a lot at at Oklahoma State. Yep. He's got speed. Him and CMC. The only thing about him is they're going to be the injury brothers if they, <laughs> you know, I mean, if they don't uh, stop. I mean, keep in mind, a lot of carries. Granted, this is preseason, and granted, you're not seeing the number one defense all the time. But the Colts did have a very respectable defense last year, and this is this is what he got: eleven point four average on seven carries. Yep. So that's something to look at. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I do, I do like that pick, Don. Your next one. All right, number two, got a quarterback in there for you, Dante. Justin Fields, very, very impressed watching this young man. Fourteen for twenty, hundred and forty-two with a touchdown. Uh, five rushes, thirty-three yards with a rushing touchdown. Also, um, I mean, he just looked like he was comfortable. I watched several games over the weekend. You saw some rookie quarterbacks making simple rookie mistakes that you expect. Yep. They they got blinders on. They watch their guy the whole way. They throw to the guy. Yep. You know, think, things like that. And you expect that out of rookies. Not tearing them down whatsoever. Justin would seem much more relaxed. He will look for his check downs. He looked away from different receivers. He just looked like he was prepared for the game. Let's leave it at that. Very prepared. Uh, I want to see a little bit more of him, but I'm really hoping that he can keep this up because I think he should be QB1 at the beginning of the season. Slay's hitting the Bear Downs in the chat. Of Bear course, we're talking about his, his, his other favorite team is the Bears. So he's loving, yeah. he's loving okay. this segment so far. All right, sounds good. We got a number three. Number three, I got the Denver Broncos. You were talking about them in our Man. chat. Yes, oh my gosh. Denver Broncos, 387 yards of offense. 249 passing, 138 rushing. Okay, as the stat says, three passing touchdowns. Okay, um, defense only gave up 3.7 yards per play. The Vikings were five out of 13 on third downs, and of course, that pick six, Patrick Sertain, he almost had two of them in that game. He was swatting balls away, he jumped in front of this one. This guy is definitely somebody to watch this year. He (laughs) might look like my prediction, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's a couple guys that are along his line that are going to be guys to watch this year. And they they are not the favorites for the defensive rookie of the year by by the odds. But going through the season, I think they may be. And uh, Drew Locke with that. 80 uh yard reception to hamler man that was beautiful and Dude, both, i want him I to mean, be so good like he he had he sh- he must be like a fantasy football nightmare like <laughs> two games he'll be great and then and like then, four games he'll be terrible I and know. then one game he'll be great again and, and this was another example of two quarterbacks that that both did well and it, it was it was great to see for Denver because we always say it all depends on how the quarterback does they got weapons here they got weapons there i mean we just we name them and then they never produce they actually produced right. granted preseason game yep. doesn't mean a whole lot but it's nice mm-hmm. to see that they can do it hey i give my quarterbacks a 3 year rule 
Sam Darnold's past that. So, I mean, sorry, Slade. <laughs> he's, he's, he's past that three-year three rule. This would be Drew Locke's third year. Third year. And um, maybe this is why John Elway didn't pick up Justin Fields. Remember I was saying that, like, maybe he sees this out of him. Maybe they got his head right. Maybe, you know, I know maybe. they got some new coaches in there, but – Jeez, man! Like he yeah. can be so good if if yep. he just stays consistent. But yeah, Don, you were talking about that, you know. Ever since you seen that game, like, dang, the Broncos! Yeah, I know, very the Broncos. Them, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not surprised you had him on your list. But all um, right, all right, Rob, we'll head over all to right. your list. Yeah. So my number, my number one first take was Ray Lance wasn't as bad as his stat line. Um, he was only five for fourteen in the game. But I counted four clean drops from his receivers watching his highlights. Um, so he was way better than a stat line as far as completion percentage. Um, and they were ropes. I mean, he definitely showed the arm strength and the accuracy, okay. the decisiveness. He was slinging the ball, and they were dropping it. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Say, say what you will about the Niners pass catchers when he was in the game in the second quarter. But, um, you know, his 80-yard touchdown to Trent Sherfield was the highlight of the game. Yeah, it was just yep. a beautiful throw. And he looked comfortable running that play action scheme that that uh, they liked out there. You know, it's just he did take four sacks. He started doing the rookie thing of hanging on to the ball a little too long, yep. you know, rolling out and play action, and then kind of looking and getting caught. You know, it is what it is. Um, you got to take know, these. You got to take no, the first yeah. week with a grain of salt. He's like, taking yep, his lumps. This. It was his yep. first series exactly, so he'll get smoother with more reps. But we've the eye seen test... more terrible performances oh, out sure. of people. And oh, yeah. these these rookie like, quarterbacks did not look bad. Yeah. Like, you can start if you all of them week one. If, if you looked at his game on paper, he went five for fourteen, and like eighty percent of his yards was that one touchdown. And right. you're like, wait a minute, like that's not good. But actually, like if you watched what he did, he actually had a really good game. It just the eye test says more than the stat line does for and, me. Um, and go watch it, that throw too, because yeah. it it and, seemed like that was one of those throws that happened and he wasn't super confident or that not, he, he not the fact that he wasn't confident, but he, he wasn't just second all the way himself. into it. He wasn't, yeah. yeah, he's clutching and then he just chucked it and it was perfect. Yeah. Like, holy um, crap, I'm on the NFL team. Can I make this throw? Like, it's almost yeah. like he doubted himself. So, yeah. but I mean, at, at this point it's one of those Jimmy G's obviously been looking over his shoulder this whole time. I mean, I think he should be starting week one. He probably won't, but we'll probably September, you know, to be yeah. honest. So just looking at the way he looked in game one, um, we'll see where he is. Yeah. So number two, um, number two for me is very similar to yours. It's the <laughs> other side of the coin here, the red rocket, Andy Dalton, yeah. Mr. Foot in his mouth. He said, quote, Justin Fields is going to have a great career, but now is my time. that's what you think i can't believe Uh, he put that quote out there like i like everyone else on his entire organization has to be shaking their head right now i mean like because matt Nagy's blowing smoke up his rear or like i mean mr qb1 here i mean it's been kind of a weird dynamic this whole offseason with matt Nagy naming him qb1 and then you know say what you will about them yeah so it's yeah now it's his time but justin Fields showed up in the second quarter of chicago's game versus miami and it was his time i mean let's be honest he's he's gotta take this job week one uh, the the yeah. only thing that makes sense and the guys from wire to wire mentioned it last night i don't know if anybody caught their show live but 
they throw Andy Dalton in L.A. against the Rams. Right. Chicago could throw LA, throw Andy Dalton to the Wolves, to Aaron Donald in L.A. for their home opener. Let him stink it up and then bring in Justin Fields. And then Matt Nagy's not wrong. Andy Dalton's not wrong. Like, and then he has like a justified on the field reason to make this. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Matt Nagy might be the worst coach in the NFL. Oh, I I totally (laughs) agree. Um, He comes up every time we try to mention who was like the bottom five coaches. He's like the top of that list. Every time. Cliff Kingsbury is not one of the bottom five. I'm telling you that right now. No, Arizona's doing way too well going to be one of those teams to look out for he this plays season in a divi- he plays in a freaking that division yeah. is hell to play through that's the best no division of, the rest of the west yeah, yeah. and yes. and they're gonna hold their own this year i mean that's for and sure they had an eight and eight season last year like yep. that's yeah. that's so, I mean, pretty good and they got yeah. so i mean <laughs> look fields, he's in there yeah what's up man <laughs> so like fields did um look great how i mean he did have a fumble trying to do too much yeah, he tried to spin move out of a tackle and lost the ball. And yeah, you know, like again, rookie mistakes. You know, he's not going to be one to get. You know, not going to try to get rid of the ball because he only gets so many snaps in the preseason kind of deal. I get it, but right. I think you know Fields' playmaking ability is just there's no decision other than starting him week one. You know, and the only other way around it. I mean, I I just couldn't believe Andy Dalton said that. I had to bring it up. Uh, I, this is so funny. Look in the comments whenever you guys get a second. Allie McPherson, uh, Rudolph or Mason Rudolph should be the backup quarterback in Pittsburgh. The other two are um, should not be the backup quarterback. The other two are better. I disagree. I think Dwayne Haskins is the I future. Think Haskins, I do. I yeah. do think Dwayne he's Haskins better. Than, yeah, is going to have do. a resurgence with Pittsburgh for uh, sure. Absolutely. And yep, if you don't think he's going to, yep, you guys are doubting yourselves. Yeah. Yep. Mason Say what Rudolph you will about is Ohio the number State three quarterbacks. I mean, but yeah, yeah, Mason Rudolph is number three. Uh, Josh Dobbs is not better than those other two, though. He looked right. like complete doo doo berries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they don't wear out Big Ben. I mean, really, yeah. that's why he's there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. All right. For sure. So, so, so moving on, number three. Um, this is a little different. So obviously the Patriots have a stable of running backs this year. Oh my um, God. They they do. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you, you still got Sony Michelle and the rookie Ramondre Stevenson, you know, he I had an amazing he, game. He did. He went off. I mean, so it, you know, Stevenson went for 10 carries, 127 yards and two touchdowns, you know, including a 90 breakout run. But historically, Bill Belichick doesn't trust rookie running backs. Right. He will never make a rookie a three down back, a, a load carrying back. It, it, like somebody's going to have to twist his arm. It's going to have to get desperate for him to make him the starter. And Sony Michelle, I don't trust to stay on the field. No. So I'm s- just looking at it. Um, ha- Damian Harris only had eight snaps and four carries for 17 yards. I think that's a sign he's the solid starter. He got the least amount of work because he's going to be the running back one come week one. That's how Belichick's playing this. Yeah, I think he's got the spot as the lead back. He's the best blocker. He's the most healthy. He's going to be the guy that's potentially worth a draft pick in your fantasy league. Um, 
you know, for me, starting running back shouldn't be playing heavy load in the preseason. They just shouldn't. You know, Sonny Michelle can't be trusted to stay healthy, and he can't be an every down back. I mean, I think he's your change of pace guy. And yeah. then Ramondre breaks in during the season. Eventually, he has to earn Big Bill's trust. And I, I think this, the way they worked it, regardless of he, he had a complete blah, like, you know, again, he only played eight snaps, but literally that was just to get him out there and hope he didn't get hurt because this he's going to be New England's running back one. And if Cam Newton's not going to be a battering ram getting 12 carries a game, I think Damian Harris could actually be a legitimate fantasy option for at least the first two downs and red zone. Put the fantasy stamp on approval right that's there it. on it. That's there it. you go. That's, uh, a late, that's a late round pickup that people will sleep on. Everybody says, oh, there's too many running backs in New England. I think Damian Harris is going to get the, the lion's share of the carries. Right. So while while we got the curse and wins, uh hate and love in the chat right now, um, <laughs> let me let me just review our trivia question for tonight before we get over to the sponsor segment to have you something to think about. If you guys want to share out the stream, get some people to like it, get some people to get in here, I'd like to get everybody's thoughts and predictions up in the chat. But let's go over to the question one more time. What school has never been beaten by Arizona, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Colorado, West Virginia, and UNC, along with some other schools that we did not name that are a little smaller, but they also have a win against all these schools as well. Sound off in the comments. You can guess as many schools as you want. Yeah, right. uh, We'll get you the answer because I, I, I definitely believe uh, that the stats guru has got you this time. <laughs> and before I die choking on myself, um let's let don go over and get over to our sponsor our sponsor yes afloat posters afloat posters is your one-stop shop for sports and custom posters all posters are premium with crisp and clean graphics there are options up to three different sizes and will look great in your office bar restaurant man cave living rooms and bedrooms this is free ups shipping on orders over forty dollars Please visit afloatposters.com. That's A-F-L-O-A-T posters.com for more information and their current collections. And for you HBCU fans, he is now a licensed seller of most HBCU schools. So visit hbcuposters.com for more information on those items. Thank you to Afloat Posters for the continued support. And thank you for my poster in the background. And for my poster in the background, and for Rob's Rob's posters in the background. (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh, Man, all right. So, you know, it is what it is. Mr. Afloat Posters himself is in the chat going off with... uh, Having fun with Gene. (laughs) We're having fun with Gene. Gene Walczak, my guy. so while they continue their their trash talk, uh, <laughs> go ahead and cop yourself a t-shirt in the meantime, or a hoodie, or any of the stuff that we might put out in the future. We yeah. actually had um, some beautiful pictures done, by the way, Don, of your cousin. Yeah, we'll get go those Go ahead up. and sport in our stuff. We'll go yeah. ahead and get those out. Uh, hoodie so season is coming. Get... Hoodie season is coming. Yes. Let your, let your girl grab a East Coast Gridiron hoodie right. and represent. She'll make it look better than you, I guarantee. I have my stuff coming here pretty soon. I finally ordered everything on the store. 
Yes. <laughs> I, I've done myself a favor. <laughs> hey, that hoodie is a nice hoodie, though. Let me tell you. Is it? Yeah, man. yeah. Well, we keep it like 68, 69 in the house all the time. So it's okay. always hoodie season in my house until we step outside into uh, Ghost Rider's uh, penance stare. Uh, <laughs> Dante's making the big bucks can keep his AC down at 69 degrees. Geez. There you go. <laughs> hey, man, we're, we're paying the price, but it is what it is. I'd rather be comfortable. <laughs> That's true. Um, and my, my wife's always like, what about the cats? They got fur. They'll be all right. They all they have a uh, <laughs> in, they have an external hoodie that they can't take off. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, back to that trivia question, though. Yes. I ain't seen anybody in the comments say anything. Even guessing. Go ahead. Go ahead and get your guesses in now because we're about to reveal the answer. We might throw in a free something for the person that's the closest. Wow. Stats Close. Guru Trivia Time. Man, come on, guys. Should I, give right. one, should I give them one clue? Give them one clue. This team has eight conference titles. Slade, you can, you can guess again. You can guess again. That's that's totally fine. No clue. Go ahead, uh, Rob. Go ahead and tell them the other schools that they've beat. Do, do you have that out somewhere? Oh, I'd have to go find it real quick. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, let's, let's, see. See, let's see if I got it. I know I got it that, somewhere. I'm the one that. Oh, okay. It wasn't Texas A&M's. That was another Texas A&M like side school. So we got. They're four four and zero against Arizona, New Mexico State, or New New Mexico. Was it New Mexico State? Yep, New Mexico State. Stephen F. Austin, UNLV, Cornell, Western Michigan, Carolina, Montana, Idaho, Georgia, Colorado, and Colorado State. So, this school that we're talking about has beat all of these teams at least once, but none of the teams that I named did not beat them. So let's see. They're three and zero against Alabama. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're three and zero against Alabama. So my dad That's says, "Yo, we got UCF, we got Nebraska." I know an answer, but it won't be the answer. You want East me or throw, West throw or out a little bit, little bit of a bigger clue? Iowa Go State. Uh, they. Well, my dad says, "Are they east or west of the Mississippi?" They are west of the Mississippi. Correct. West of the Mississippi. We'll, we, we'll give you guys like one more minute to put some guesses in. Gene, just just go ahead and say it. Oh, he said Nebraska. Okay. <laughs> Iowa State. Think smaller. Give a big clue. Give him, give him like the uh, the mascot. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> Washington. The, what type of what type of mascot? Yes. The the mascot yeah, yeah, is yeah. a bird. Yes. It is a bird. It is a bird. Utah. 30 more seconds. Come on, let's get him in the chat. <laughs> Minnesota, Washington, Utah, Iowa State. Villanova has never been beat by any of them. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have a win either. <laughs> the answer is going to blow your mind. Eight right, conference we, titles, don't forget. North Carolina Central, that's where my dad played. No, it's not HBCU. <laughs> All right. Show them. Tell them. So, so here we go. This one's going to blow your mind. The Rice Owls. Uh, 
Slay at the last second. At the last second. <laughs> I can't say it out loud, but yeah, you're right. How did you do that? Oh, man. <laughs> the last second before you let it go. Man. The rice owls, man. <laughs> oh, he said, oh, I did get it. Yep, you did, man. Freaking crazy, right? cool in D1. <laughs> Even smaller than Wake Forest. <laughs> they are the smallest school. Yep, Wake Forest is the second smallest. But when I... So, if you guys haven't checked out our page uh, in the last... What? Did I start putting it up yesterday? Yeah. I Every so. single day, I'm going to release a new team. We're starting with the ACC right now of this exact stat for each team. What teams have they have not won against... But that wait 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 no what what schools has this team won against but that other team did not win against them so yeah releasing it every single day we've done um uh Carolina's tomorrow slate the Tar Heels yeah. yeah I don't know if you guys saw the other graphic that I put up today that uh the Tar Heels oh, are also zero and seven against Yale in football <laughs> so yeah how is that a thing. <laughs> I, I don't know man i don't know but uh yes yeah, cool stuff coming out our way man we we're, we're doing a lot of work on the back end me and the guys have you know i'll pat ourselves on the back the videos that we put out i think are, are quality he said birds in small school i was thinking really rice uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah that's that was a good clue, cool, man, man. Yeah, that's good I, job. I mean i was i was surprised that nobody said temple i know yeah <laughs> I thought that would have been the closest one with, you know, Villanova. That's a good one too, but, um, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on. That was fun. We'll probably, we'll try to do something like this every week if we can, <laughs> but, uh, that's a stats guru corner right there. there you Battle go. of the owls, rice versus temple. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So we want to get over to the next topic being, um, the future so, of the hall of fame, co- uh, future hall of fame coaches. Who do yeah. we think are going to be future Hall of Famers. Um, I like this topic. I think it's going to be very interesting. But I think we all kind of took the same approach that the man that you're seeing on the screen is not on any of our lists. Yep. Because yep. it's just like saying that Nick Saban is going to make the College Football Hall of Fame. Exactly. Like, y'all automatically just throw him in there, right? Yep. Or yep. Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm, we're not going to say the future quarterbacks of the Hall of Fame. You're not going to throw Tom Brady on your list because it's automatically assumed. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't believe Rice has won eight championships. Oh my god! Um, all right, so let's yeah, go. Com- ahead. I- Let me tell them the conference titles. Conference oh, yeah. titles. Conference titles in 1934, 37, 46, 49, 53, 57, 94, and 2013. <laughs> they, they've got one in the last, you know, seventy years. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rice bowl is nice though i'm done <laughs> uh, all right so don we got you heading off your list first. all right so first up where am i starting dante help andy me out reed. big red big red andy reed his head coaching career spans more than two decades going back to his time as head coach at eagles in 99 with the Eagles, he was 130, 93 and one, with a 583 winning percentage. And then he took over the Chiefs as head coach in 2013. As head coach there, he has a 
0.711 win percentage. He's 91 and 37 and has led the Chiefs to back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, winning one. Do you know how many conference championships this man has been to? Probably a thousand. Man, I'm telling you, this guy. That's got to hurt, too. That's got to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, As an Eagles fan. As an Eagles fan, for sure. But, you know, as much as it would have been nice to win one, I'm glad he did win one. It would have been nice to have been done in Philly. But, yeah, I I see Andy Reid as a future Hall of Fame coach. That's almost as bad as the teams in the early 2000s that lost. I think Wake Forest won two ACC championships. Imagine being that team that lost to Wake Forest. But my man, Riley Riley Skinner, though. (laughs) Look at Riley Skinner. He was the man. All right. Let me get off my soapbox. All right. You ready for the second one? Gene says Andy Tomlin and Harbaugh. Mm. I'm not going to say anything. I don't think none of us have Harbaugh on our list, but I don't disagree with you. That's a a really good list. Yes, it is. All right. Pete Carroll is my next one. Entering his 12th year leading the Seattle Seahawks. His overall record is a very impressive 176 and 112, a 639 winning percentage. And the Seahawks have not had a losing season since 2011. And he's been in two Super Bowls, won one, gave one away. Yeah. Can he be the second coach ever in the history of the NFL to go in the Hall of Fame that's also won a national championship? Right. Did did he win one at USC? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, he won. Re- he won with Matt Liner, the, right? Well, the the redacted Reggie Bush one. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, I, yeah. I I like that, Gene. Yeah, I'm not necessarily a huge fan, but I think yeah. he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it for just his accolades, man. The yep. only one of two college coaches that have actually come over to the NFL and done well. Yep. Yeah. Jamie Johnson was Jimmy number Johnson. one, and now Pete Carroll. Got to give it to him. That's it. And number three, I got Mike Tomlin. Having been hired in 2007, Mike Tomlin is the third longest tenured head coach in the NFL. During his time as head coach with the Steelers, a a 64% win percentage, 153-86-1. He led the team to a victory in a Super Bowl when he was the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl as a head coach. He's never seen his team have a losing season in 14 years. He's led the Steelers to playoff nine times. Never had a losing season. Nope. I mean, he's had some 500s in there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as bad as some of those Steelers teams have been. That's he's crazy. a great coach, man. Like just to get those guys to rally back towards the end of the season to yep. prevent them from having a losing season. Yep. He wasn't allowing that to happen. He was like, damn, I put on the damn pads myself and go out there if I got to. Yep. So not a not a bad not a bad list, man. Um I, I actually don't dis you guys might disagree with my list even more because I took kind of a different approach. But um <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Oh, wait a minute. Oh my god, I have never heard that before. Thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you guys are gonna disagree fully. Okay. You guys are just okay. say like right. I think there's some guys that'll get in before these guys. So right. just put it like that. Okay. All right. So Rob, head over to All you, right. man. So a lot of mine 
is very similar to Don's. So okay. in addition to Bill Belichick, I exempted Big Red because I think he's that much of a lock. Okay. I think his body of work, he only has one Super Bowl, but I think he's as much of a lock to get in as soon as he retires as Belichick is. Um, so I actually exempted him from my list and picked three other people. Um, so number one, I took Mike Tomlin. Again, never had a losing season. He's only the third Steelers head coach since 1969. Yeah. Chuck Noll and Bill Cower are obviously already Hall of Famers. Yep. Um, and he's the next in line to be a Hall of Fame career Steelers coach. Yeah, he, he again, he, he went yeah. eight and eight three times, won the Super Bowl, went back to the AFC Championship 2010. Kind of the only knock on him is, you know, the Steelers were so consistent for so long, but he had – he has an eight and eight career playoff record. Um, they were wild card berths behind the Ravens for a lot of that time, just because that Ravens teams were so good. Um, and they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs quite a few times. So, I mean, that that's one of those things where they say like, you know, he, he's tied to this hall of fame quarterback for basically his entire tenure. Yep. And there, there is a bit of a knock on him. He's that not going to look so hall of fame this year. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, he's definitely a Hall of Fame head coach, Gene. I totally agree. He he may or may not be overrated because of the talent that's been on his team, but right. he's also done an excellent job of managing some otherworldly egos that have run through Pittsburgh. Yeah, and knowing but, when and knowing when to cut ship with some of them too. You know, he well, that's he, very true. He knew when AB was crazy, and said, "See ya." You know, he but, knew when Le'Veon was crazy, and said, "See ya," and everyone called him crazy. But not and the fact was, that I don't what, disagree with Eugene. I, I disagree with you maybe 70% uh, on, on that take. But then again, he was handed a damn Hall of Fame team for how many years now? With a 15-year with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. 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 And But what if he didn't do as well with that amount of talent on his team too? Yeah. Then we would, not only would we not seen Mike Tomlin be around that long, but – you got to be able to rally all those different personalities yeah. too, man, uh, through all I, the I crazy agree. stuff that's happened. That's so a very fair That's the only reason I disagree with you nope. mostly on that take, but I don't disagree at the same time. So, More Wentz chirps. Wentz is better than Ben. <laughs> <laughs> he My lost dad's three, trolling, bro. He lost three conference title games at home. Yeah, it, like it, they, they ran into sure. – Again, the the peak Ravens. He ran into peak Brady. You know, they yep. they had a tough yeah, go. That's of very true. Being Rob, in the, that's being a very in the good AFC, point. like yeah, I mean, they had peak Peyton Manning and the Colts to run through. I mean, they they lost one to the Jags. Their his first year, they lost a playoff game to the uh, the to the Jaguars. It's like uh, there's a whole bunch of teams that ran through and had a great <laughs> season that knocked them out. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they ran into the peak era of a lot of all timers, you know, trying to come out of the AFC. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, I, I give him that that he had the talent and in those down years to what you were saying, they've never had it a losing season, you know, which is really saying something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Your pop. I'm not a Steelers fan at all, but their last three coaches have all been great. Yeah, yeah, all three of them since 1969. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> you hang around. You hang around a while if you're pretty good, right? Yep. Uh, that's why I was hoping for FSU because we went from, you know, yeah, Bobby Bowden to Jimbo Fisher, and then we signed Willie Taggart. And 
All right. So moving I think on. Mike Norvell is going to be the next one, but you know. Hey, yeah, they're going to line up. You got to hit a bump in the road every once in a while, I guess. All right. So you're next. Right. Yep. Number two, Pete Carroll. Um, so again, right along with Don here. There we uh, go. You know, you know, he won the Super Bowl and then obviously famously lost it by not handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch. But that shouldn't be the one play that defines his career, but exactly. it's what everybody remembers. <laughs> um, you know, why in the world did he call a pass there? Um, yeah, I, I'm still shaking my head about it, you know, 10 years later, whatever it was, 2014. So, gosh, like seven years later, but mm-hmm. it still seems fresh in your head, right? Um, you know, again, one knock against him. He's got an 11 and 10 record in the postseason. You know, his body of work and longevity in the league warrant a Hall of Fame nod. Um, you know, as soon as he decides to retire, but again, I think he's underachieved in the playoffs, especially again, with a decade long hall of fame of quarterback, you'll notice a theme through hall of fame head coaches get tied to a guy that is the leader of their franchise for a decade. Right? Like, yeah, Andy Reid had success with Donovan McNabb, call him what you will. And then went to KC and got Mahomes. you know, like these guys, you know, Belichick, the greatest of all time, had the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny how that works, right? You yep. know, it it, it, it takes a does. it takes yep. it takes two. You know, so yeah, I got to give Pete Carroll his credit, though. Um, you know, again, just his his outstanding record, and you know, just just the consistency of Seattle playing in a tough division in the West. You know, one or two of those other teams in that division are always really, really good. And Seattle comes out on top more often than not, you know. So he's he's mm-hmm. a defensive first guy that you know has had Russell Russell Wilson doing, you know, enough to win. Yep. All right, number three, I'd call it what you will, but Sean Payton, I think he's borderline. He gets in, and he's mostly only borderline because of the smear of Bounty Gate. He got suspended for a full season in the middle of his career. Yeah. He sat, he got suspended yeah. for a full year from the league. It was a black mark. And so, I mean, 14 seasons, he's got a 143 and 81 record, made the playoffs nine out of his 14 years, won Super Bowl 2009, but never made it back with Drew Brees. Um, again, nine and eight career, 17 playoff games. Um, they were the number one offense in yards six times and top five, 10 out of his 14 years. Um, but again, I, I I still hold that Bounty Gates a scar on his resume, but I think he gets in when it's all said and done. Um, I don't think it keeps him out, to be honest. I think his win percentage, his offensive mind, his leadership, uh, you know, and his tenure there it gets him in. Um, but I don't think he gets in on a first ballot, um, mostly because of that. And some writers are going to hold it against him. Mm-hmm. Look at that win percentage, though. I mean, it's hard yep. to argue that. I mean, but and, yeah, the, the scandal division, is call that division what you will too, because for the bulk of his tenure, you didn't, you weren't dealing with world beaters in Tampa. No, but but check, know, like, check that division out though, just to give it his true. flowers, and yeah, this yeah, is I mean, this is going to get slated. And, and that's had, very fair. You, you had MVP Cam Newton. You you had peak Matt Ryan through most of MV, his tenure. MVP Matt Ryan. Exactly. Like, so it, he has had some competition for sure. And the home field advantage of that dome in new Orleans is not nothing. Um, and yeah, the it, Panthers went to the super bowl in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Buccaneers just went to one 
Falcons just went to one, and the Saints have been to one in like the last 15. Yeah. So, like, say what you want about that division. They they produce winners, man. Yep. Yeah. Hey, so I, I give him his props. He's he, he he's going to get in, but I think it's going to come up when he's up for Hall of Fame. You know, and I think it's because it was 10 years ago and everything's happened. I think people forget about it, but he was out the entire 2012 season. Yeah. He wasn't allowed uh, in the building. Gene makes a good point, though. They, they lose a lot of home games in the playoffs. Like, it's true. Uh, that's, that's his, that's his they, other. I okay, mean, if you want to give him another black eye, if you had exactly, to, that's it, the it, other it, one. His He's playoff not resume, for sure. Yeah. All right. We'll say so, what you will about, is, again, him or Drew Brees, again, like, so I, I, I took a different approach to my coaches. I did not put on my list any coaches that are coaching now. They're all retired or they're either coaching somewhere else, not in a head coaching position or like an advisory role. Okay. Interesting. But I think these guys should get in. Um, I think we need to get more coaches in uh, based off of their body of work and I can make a compelling argument for all three people that I have on my list. First coach up, Marty Schottenheimer. He's one of, I think, seven or eight coaches with over 200 wins, a 613 win percentage. And think about, I mean, we talk about teams that were a force and then just choked kind of like the Sean Payton teams. Yeah. But think about the Chargers teams from like the late nineties up until two thousand seven, eight ish, around that time. The when LT they had LT and Phillip Rivers and mm-hmm. remember David Boston and and uh, uh Antonio oh, Gates. You had I mean Junior Seau on the other side of the ball. Antonio Cromartie, mm-hmm. like yep. they they had he, he was a great coach. Um, he's one of those guys that was very hard on his players. Yes. But, but, um, you know, that's what he'll be known for is the, the, the big mouth coach that's always yelling at his players and things like that. But look at his body of work, man. Um, yeah, that the 14 and two chargers, they got yeah. smacked at home by the New England. Chris Nobody Russell. saw that coming. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nope. So I, I had to put Marty Schottenheimer on my list. So hopefully you guys are not disagreeing with me so far. So no, hey. <laughs> uh, I think he'll eventually get and, in. And I agree. I think he gets in. My second one, regardless of what you say about Tom Coughlin, <sighs> the man won two Super Bowls, has 170 wins. He's in like the top 15 in wins. And he also took a lot of those Jaguars teams and made them a powerhouse too. I mean, say, say what you want about time, uh, time Coughlin. I mean, he was a pretty good coach. Uh, I gotta, I gotta give him his flowers there. Um, and they took a a wild card giants team, ran the table and beat Tom Brady. Like that's a lot. And it's, and it's two teams in Jacksonville. Uh, one of them went fourteen and two one season, I believe. Yeah. I mean, he's he might yeah, have not but... have like powerhouse teams, but they won when they needed to, yeah. and and he and he developed a lot of good players as well. I'm still uh, shaking I mean, my head. I mean, yeah, I mean, he coached he coached a quarterback that had that many interceptions and still won. So, you know, that's true. 
you know, that's, that's about it. Find uh, 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 find three players that liked him. Uh, I'm not gonna say that he was a likable guy, but <laughs> I can't I I can't put his accolades aside. Like you know, he's had some really good teams. Um, and then this is one that I really like, and you just got to think about all the teams that he's been on. Oh yeah. Um, and I think he'll. I think like in the next ten years, we might be hearing Mike Holmgren's name as one of those uh, Hall of Fame coaches. I think Marty Schottheimer definitely gets in before him. But uh, two Super Bowl appearances, one that he won with the Packers when Brett Favre was on his team. Um, And then he went up to Seattle, and you saw the Sean Alexander, uh, Matt Hasselbeck teams that he brought a team that sucked for a long time and that they were pretty good, which set up pretty much – Yep. Pete Carroll's teams. Um, he, he he made football relevant in Seattle for sure. Yep, um, he's he also was um, a, a really good coach and mentor on other teams like the Browns, uh, even when they were having terrible seasons. Um, yeah. you never heard anything bad, and he always was trying to help develop players. Um, but yeah, that five ninety two win percentage. You don't you don't see the you don't see the close six hundreds or over six yeah. hundreds a lot. So, um, I like I, Mike Holmgren. I think he gets yeah. in in the next ten or fifteen years if I, he's still around. I think the biggest thing to come out for him to be a Hall of Fame coach is looking at the coaching tree that came from him. Yeah, he's and another like, Andy Reid kind of well, guy. Well, Andy Reid came from his tree. Andy Reid was and Brett they look like brothers. Andy Reid was was Brett Favre's <laughs> quarterback coach under Mike Holmgren. That's how he got mm-hmm. his start. And yep. so, like, all those guys that came out of Andy Reid's street, I mean, Mike Holmgren, it goes back to Bill Walsh and the 49ers and the West Coast offense. That's where Holmgren got his start. So, like, you look at, like, the the godfather is Bill Walsh, but, like, the tree of coaches that came from Mike Holmgren just points to what an excellent coach, mentor, mm-hmm. and teacher he is, you know, he yep. that he begat that many other future and or current Hall of Fame coaches Um from from his tutelage, totally agree. Yeah, um, Bruce Arians is another good one, Slade. But I I think he's got a he has to win like really yeah. good like the next three or four seasons. A su- another Super Bowl would definitely help him out, but he lost a lot. Um, but l- l- let's let's call a ball a ball a strike a strike. This is what I think. Just to go back to Tom Coughlin, if Eli gets in, I think Tom Coughlin. You know, next ten years follows right after that. I, I, that's just my thoughts on it. But that might be the most controversial one. But I, I think if Eli gets in, then it is what it is. You gotta, you gotta Gene, let Tom Coughlin. Gene, I'll give you your credit. I did not see your comment until after I spoke. But yes, he has a phenomenal coaching tree. That's hilarious. You said yep. it in the chat, like as I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next topic. Of the and the last topic of this week, yeah. So we're going to predict some people. We've only had one week of the preseason to kind of see, but you know, I think you know this is just a fun topic just to see where we where we end up. You know, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. So we're going to start with the defensive rookies first. The order is going to be Rob, me, and then Dom. Of course, to close out the show like he does very well every show. We'll sure. start with defense first, then move over to offense because those are the most exciting. So, Rob, who you got for you? You got it, man. So, my defensive rookie of the year, uh, Quiddy Pay. I think 
he's going to be a week one starter on the edge of the uh, the NDD line. You know, he should see a lot of one on one coverage as long as as he's lined up next to DeForest Buckner, because um, he's just a beast in the middle that's going to you know eaten up double coverage on almost every play. I think. Um, I think just because of that, he's in a really good opportunity for a big year. You know, even if, I mean, there's two other guys, Taekwon Lewis and Al Kadeen uh, Muhammad are both in contract years. Um, and they're definitely going to be hungry to be putting up stats, but I think this kid's going to be great. It, Indy runs an aggressive pass rush scheme and he's going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage. Um, I, I just think he's going to, he's in a great spot to put up huge numbers as a rookie. Um, and his partner so really, just got paid. So, you know, he's going to be oh, a yeah. great teammate for the next several years. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. So that's uh, that that's my 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 defensive rookie of the year pick. I mean, you could say what you will about all the the DBs that came out were the stars of the draft. But I think Quiddy pays in the best position in the right scheme to put mm-hmm. up huge numbers this year. Yep. And I, I'll give you guys an honorable mention, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll move up next. Patrick Sertan, I said this ever since I don't care what team he was going to go to. I I said this way before he got drafted. Don is my witness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Patrick Sertan is going to win rookie of the year, and I think you saw a spark of it in the preseason game. The kid is not playing. (laughs) He is not playing. He's going to follow right in his father's footsteps. Patrick Sertan Sr. was a beast in Miami, too. People tend to forget that. But, uh, you know, unlike J.C. Horn, which I I'm not very sold on J.C. Horn. Like it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth watching that Auburn game where he was just getting beat up the whole time. Patrick Sertain is one of those guys that's going to change to stronger, probably free safety later on in his career, like Charles Woodson, and is going to be great. That's his comparable to me. It's just a bigger and stronger Charles Woodson. Um, he plays with an intensity like a safety but plays as smart as a cornerback in zone coverage. Um, Patrick Sertain for me, rookie of the year. But I did want to give you an honorable mention of a kid that's come out, uh, Awuso Koromora, man, on the Browns. Yeah, JOK, for sure. Ooh, I, he, if, he, yeah. He, he had an incredible – nobody's talking about the game that he had for the Browns, but if he could stay healthy, oh, man. That's uh, that's gonna be crazy. Oh, uh, your boy just scored. Yeah, Damian Harris just scored a yeah. touchdown for the Pats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they 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 sacked Flacco and recovered a fumble. Yeah. So they had a short field. Oh, Gene, that's that's a that's a good prediction. I like that. Um, all right, Don, we'll head over for you. And I hate to repeat, but he is the man right now. Uh, if I have to pick this early, I mean, based on what he did in college, he, he's definitely w- put, had me looking at him as a top five possibility. And, man, I really enjoyed watching that game last week. And he was all over that ball, swatting passes. He, I think he should have had two picks. He was close to it at one point. <laughs> he was aggressive, man. Man, he yeah. was really, really on that week i mean I, he already had to juice like that by the, the <laughs> first interception but that second one you could tell that he I was know. like he was ready to go i know yeah i definitely enjoyed it uh i mean i know a lot of people uh are saying micah parsons is going to be your defensive rookie of the year he's last he's had I a looked, crazy camp yeah last yeah. i looked he was the odds on favorite to win it he is, he is so talented too. he I mean, he is very yeah. talented um 
he's in a position to make a lot of tackles. He's going to be the center of that defense. Exactly. He's going to be in a position to to put up a ton of stats. That's for sure. Yeah. You you know, those Cowboys linebackers always do. So, but, but I I really, right now I'm on the certain, a certain train. (laughs) I'm, I'm definitely there with you, man. Um, He, he, to me, is one of the most sure bet guys to to do well for for years to come. I, and I, I'll, I'll harp on again. I said that when I watched him at Alabama, I was like, "Is this this kid is ready? He he doesn't need much time to to step right in and and affect the team." So yeah. maybe John Elway, if you know hey. Drew Locke is the guy that he believes he can be, but then you <laughs> pick up Patrick gift. Sertain. We'll see though. We'll see if John Elway is doing something because I I can tell you right now if he fails his experiment this year by not picking up Justin Fields and Justin Fields balls out, then uh, he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna regret it really fast and people are gonna forget that he was a Hall of Fame quarterback for Denver. <laughs> uh, all right, Rob, who's your offensive player? All right, offense. I went away from all the star quarterbacks in this group uh, and I went running back. <laughs> okay. I got Naj- I got Najee Harris. Uh, again, right. because I think Najee is in the most likely position to upset Trevor Lawrence, who is the odds on favorite to win. Um, <laughs> I don't think a wide receiver wins it, even though there's a stable of awesome wide receivers. You know, I'd love to see, you know, uh, you know, Devonta Smith come out and go Heisman rookie of the year. Um, I don't but think I don't we think... see another Justin Jefferson type yeah, season but, again for anybody. And, and, and you're not wrong, um, but I think. It's so wide receiver have only won um, rookie of the year four times since '98. It was OBJ, Percy Harvin, Anquan Bolden, and Randy Moss back in '98. Um, it's mostly quarterbacks, yeah, you know, obviously. But uh, Pitts, Pitts has a shot, um, but no tight end has ever won offensive rookie right. of the year. Right. You know, if he's going to break the mold, it's a long shot, but he might. But it, it, if it's not Lawrence or Fields, I think it's going to be Harris. Um, He's in a good spot to start and carry the load on the Steelers' offense. You know, mm-hmm. Big Ben can't carry that offense on his right arm anymore. You know, I look for him to be a three-down back pretty much right away. You know, and he's great in pass catching. So, I mean, if he's going to be, you know, a rollout screen guy too, you know, I think he finds the end zone a lot. You know, he's going to put up some numbers. You know, if anything, again, fantasy pickup. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he he's going to see his share. Yeah, it just depends on that O line. It really oh, for does. Sure. For sure, but hey. again, it, it, if if stuff breaks down and he ends up being an outlet guy for Big Ben, right. you know, exactly. if, if if he has you know a 40, 50 catch year on top of his rushing production, right? That 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 you know he could end up that way. Oh, for sure. Hey, Slade, say it a little bit louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Jeremy Chin should have won Defensive Rookie of the Year. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I actually agree with you there because uh, my man put up points. And I uh, was consistent all year long and could play two, uh, two-way two position. All right. So, anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Thanks for that, uh, Rob. Najee Harris yep. is not a bad pickup. No, not they, at all. They, they, they do have some concerns at offensive line, but oh, I don't sure. see it. I don't see it quite yet for them. Uh, time will tell, though. But yeah. I think Najee Harris is – was a great pickup yeah. for the Steelers. And again, I, I just think scheme and opportunity, he's going to be in a place to put up numbers, you know, and that's, you know, one of the things that wins you rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, oh, it's me up next. Yep. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, 
<laughs> Look at yeah. him. He 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 knows it's coming. He believes it in his soul that it's coming. It's in his DNA to win. This man is not your typical Ohio State quarterback. Yes, I'm selling Justin Fields as the offensive <laughs> rookie of the year. Yes, he is not your typical Ohio State quarterback. This man was a transfer from Georgia. Stop saying that. Him and Dwayne Haskins are going to break the mold. Dwayne Haskins is going to be great for the Pittsburgh Steelers here in a couple of years. And Justin Fields is going to be great right away. I don't care if he was playing against second or third team defenses in the NFL. It's still the NFL. He took it on the chin. He didn't really have that great of a series starting out. But he started to feel a bit a little bit more comfortable. Gene, you 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 probably didn't watch the preseason game last week, did you? <laughs> Dwayne Haskins looks great, man. He, he, he looks looked good. good. He did yeah. look good. Um But Justin Fields is I've been saying that forever. The hold the feet hold the fire to my feet or wherever the, the thing is. Like <laughs> he's way better than Trevor Lawrence, man. I'm telling you right now. And Allen Robinson is gonna be a gift from God for him. And look at that. Look at this picture. He knows it, too. <laughs> he knows it. All right. So, but yeah, Justin Fields, not enough, not not more to be said about him, man. Um, I, I think he's um, he, he's super talented. All right, Don, I think we're kind of in the same boat here, right? Yeah, I think we're the same offense and defense, man. Yep. Yep. This is the first time ever. Wow, you guys are <laughs> lock and step, man. I'm, I'm the odd one out here. I, I, had, a, I had a different... Uh, you pulled a Dante on us this week. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> no, I mean, I watched the game, like I said, when we were talking about the uh, uh, takeaways from last week. Just watching him, hard to believe that relaxed, that poised. I mean, wasn't perfect by any means, but was comfortable with what he was doing, running, passing. He's going to grow with the team. I just hope he gets a chance to start week one because he can win offensive rookie of the year. So I I'm in, I'm in total agreement there. I, I mean, if they fool around, he doesn't start till week four or five, then probably not. He'll still have, he'll still have good numbers and a good season, but that's not uh, Nagy to do the right thing. Exactly. That's what's, <laughs> that's what scares me. Yeah. Um, Gene says Dwayne Haskins was great. Dante and Dwayne's mother are the only two people that have said that this year. Bet me money <laughs> that in two years we're not talking about Dwayne Haskins as a great quarterback. I'm telling uh, you. I'm I'm like I'm very confident on that. I'm very confident. And I will say if I'm wrong, but I'm very confident Dwayne Haskins in the next two years is not only going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers starter. But Mike Tomlin's not going to lose like well, like he hasn't been. I mean, I'll I'll say he had a good game last week, and let's keep watching. I'm I'm not saying he's yeah. he's all the, all that yet, but he has sure. the potential to be. Yep. Um, I, I'm sorry, Gene. I'm just not going to take the preseason as lightly as some people, man. Like, <laughs> I, I can't. I I can't. If if a kid balls out, like this is. Like we saw it before our eyes in 2012 when Matt Flynn was brought into Seattle. They paid him all the money to, they said, you are going to be the starter. And I said, Russell Wilson's going to start. He's going to have a better career than Robert Griffin III. And that's what he did. Yep. Dak Prescott was almost the same way. He's in a little bit different situation. But like, 
the preseason, like if you're not balling out in the preseason, right? Not only is your confidence not there, yeah. but it shows you something even more that if a quarterback comes in and just looks really bad against second sure. and third, thirteen defenses, like. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good I, either I, I think people are trying to drag him and turn him into jamarcus russell and i think he's he's turning around you know like if he can put in the work he'll be fine he's in the right situation he's with the right coach he's with the right team Dwayne haskins going to pittsburgh was absolutely it's what cam newton should have done is try to see if he can be number two behind ben roethlisberger and i think he would have send his career off a little better but hey that's neither here nor there but thanks folks for joining us this week yes thank you for watching this week's episode episode 30 um, so for more content guys um oh look at that gene i gotta go watch it now cam just Man made just two, made solid, two throws. solid throws yep <laughs> look at that <laughs> yep trying 20, to keep mac trying to keep mac jones off the field 23 yard pass to born and if, a 22 yard pass to Myers. I'm so confident this year with my predictions, guys. You don't even know. I'm. I see. I see the light. I see the light. I can't. I cannot wait till the end of this year when we recap some of the things that we were right and wrong about. Yeah. And I can't wait to say that I was wrong about somebody like Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence too. If they end up being great, I would love to see yeah. that. Um. But yeah, for more content, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks to Afloat yep. Posters. Yep. Um. Oh my God, my wife's rolling her eyes. In the, in the comments. <laughs> Here we go. But just one one quick announcement before we go, before we close out. Next Tuesday, we have the Super Draft between yes. the East Coast Gridiron guys, which is going to be me, Don, Rob, my wife, and my dad. It's going to be five of us. Wow. Versus Gene, uh, Cottrell, and Shally from the Wire to Wire podcast and two of their listeners. Yeah, man. It's uh it's gonna be fun. We're gonna do it live. We're gonna have it in a remote location. Yep. I, I think I think Don Don's not gonna be with us to enjoy the fun, but he will be remote yep. live from Maryland. Yes, I will. So, <laughs> Rob will be rolling up with us. We'll yes, be sir. getting everything set up. It's gonna be cool. Have everybody there with the mics. We're gonna order some uh some Buffalo Wild Wings and uh Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So we might do like a reveal show like on Monday or something. I might come on and say here, here's the draft order for pick it out of a hat because it's going to be a manual draft and then i have to put everybody on the teams but we'll be able to like select our thing i think how i'm going to do is we're going to be able oh to select gosh. our player and it'll go under there so we can actually see it so when you go up an announcement you know the philadelphia eagles would like to select <laughs> christian oh mccaffrey with the first pick <laughs> so oh my oh wow yeah uh, it's, a, it's gonna be a fun time hey it, hey, it is and, and they do not know what they're up against they they do not know how we have been in our fantasy leagues. No. Rob Rob went in the fantasy leagues. Dante won the fantasy leagues. I, After I, I was I, zero and five. I mean, I just I just rule in the in the regular season. I, I always no, the regular season in the playoffs, man. Fourteen I, I have, wins, and then lose to the champ in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I, I lose one game in two years in the regular season and still don't win the thing. Oh man! So, I mean, and, and when I and when I take it serious, talking trash. Here we go. Yes, and and when I take it serious, man, when I'm in there and I'm gonna be in there, yes, I'm worried I about so. Dante's wife and, and Mr. Cell. Oh. <laughs> you should be. Heather's pretty good. 
Oh, Heather keeps up with it. She gets yes. real competitive. When yes. somebody picks yes. a player up in their waiver wire and she she was trying to get him. Yep. Damn it, I was trying to get him. What the hell am I gonna do now? <laughs> uh, uh Yes, I'm very good at fantasy. Oh, man, here we go. But anyways, this is episode 30, the uh, Ahmad Green, Tyler Gurley. Uh, who yeah, else did we say? Tyler Gurley, Terrell Davis. Icky Woods. Icky Woods, My Terrell head, Davis, all those guys. Uh, Dave Meggett. Yeah. Yep. We'll, uh, um, we're signing out. We'll see you guys next week. All right, see you guys right. Tuesday. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Find us on all your favorite music and podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by going to eastcoastgridiron.com. 